Welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast. I am Dude, and I have a special friend here. He joins us every week. It's Andy, everybody. What's up, dude? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, you kind of make it seem like I'm a special guest and not like an actual host on the show, you know? Um, hey, you're a co- you're a co-host. 50-50, right, buddy? 50-50. I'm Wayne. I'm Wayne and you're Garth, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be clear. Garth was the one who made that show interesting. Wayne no. was just there for his looks, right? I mean. Oh, for his looks? You think he was there for his looks? <laughs> you got the babes. I mean, come on. Well, Wayne was the, the host, and you're the co-host, and I introduce you because I'm really excited that you're joining me every week, and uh, I... <laughs> I think our listeners are too, but you're just shitting on the whole thing. So from now on, I, I just won't even mention you. I'll just say this is the Album Nerds Podcast. We're just a couple of people, and, and who who gives a shit who it is, right? Jeez. Well, that's true. It's not about us. It's about the music and about our listeners and what we can do for them. And this week, we have two new album recommendations that we are going to bestow upon you, the listening audience, for your listening pleasure. So let's yeah, jump we into do. it, man. Let's do it. So uh, it's been an interesting summer. A lot of stuff has come out and a lot of different, you know, a lot of uh, known bands have been releasing things and some lesser known bands. And uh, I'm excited to talk about yours, Andy, because I had I'd never heard of these fellas. I'm excited to talk about mine, too, because it's mine and I love it. And I'm a very selfish person. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Do you, do you want to jump in or do you want to hold it? Do you want me to, to go with the oldies and, you know, we can talk about that. You can shit on it and then then you can talk about your, your pride and joy. <laughs> yeah, let's end on a high note. No, I'm just kidding. That's, uh, well, yours is first in the show notes. So let's do yours first. If that's cool Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, folks. There's this band that you may have heard of. They're the Fighters of Foo. They're the Foo Fighters, folks. Band established in the mid-90s. First release was 1995. Dave Grohl, famous uh, music man of the people, does a lot of side projects besides the Foo Fighters. But the Foo Fighters have had numerous hits. This is their ninth album, and uh, it is called Concrete and Gold. I really like the album, and that's just where I'm going to start because the Foo Fighters, one of the things for me, and I have really loved this band from the very beginning. The first record that came out, I was at the store the day it came out and purchased it with the last $15 I had in my pocket. Wow. Then the second album, Color and the Shape, came out, and he had a full band by that point, and their sound kind of turned into what people are used to. Best of You, uh, Hero, you know, you know the hits. There's a lot of them. But the problem for me has always been, except for a handful of records, Color and the Shape included, as well as Wasting Light, the albums are not very interesting. There's some really good songs, but I rarely enjoy it from start to finish. I don't dislike anything, but it's just so Foo Fighters. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, and that's not a bad thing. It's just I've never loved, I've ne- you know, there's only a handful of these nine that I've really enjoyed listening to. Concrete and Gold was one of them because they, they changed things up a little bit in the approach. It sounds a little different to me. It's got a groove to it. It has a little blues rock element to it. I hear some Queens of the Stone Age. I hear some Pink Floyd. I hear, I hear blues rock. I hear just some different stuff and I have enjoyed it and listened to it a lot of times. So Andy, why don't we listen to something first and then I'll let you talk. Sound cool? 
Sounds fantastic. Let's play uh, the single first here. Or second second single, I think this is, right? Yes. Sky is a Neighborhood. Now, I will admit that song has been stuck in my head the last three or four days after listening to this record a bit the last couple of weeks. But I have no idea what the fuck it's about. I, I, I've tried dissecting the lyrics in my head a few times and it doesn't really come up with anything. So you promised you would explain what the song is about. So lay it on me, man. Well, it's a, I read an a interview with Dave Grohl. The song is about you, Andy, and Dave Grohl's disappointment that you have never embraced... <laughs> Uh, their music. I should have guessed it was about me. I knew it. Yeah, so so that's what it is. Now, apparently it was um, inspired kind of by uh, a show he had watched by Neil Grass, DeGrasse Tyson or whatever, you know, the, the genius... The astrophysicist. The astrophysicist guy that uh, looks like a 1970s pimp. And <laughs> Just so he was watching... Their- shaft elements <laughs> to him. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I guess basically, sky is a neighborhood. Is basically that uh, the sky above us, all these stars, and and every all creation comes from like stars exploding, and then life is grown from that, and that it's up above us is there's whole world in the sky, you know, the the space and stars and planets, and just that it's not just the sky; it's a neighbor. You know, we're part of a neighborhood. Uh, so he's talking just, like know, outer space, not just like our environment, our atmosphere right. here. Uh, right. Uh, okay. Cool. And, and you know, and and as and as usual, Foo Fighters songs touch on things. They're not so much detailed analysis of things. It's more con- you know, kind of concepts is is the way it feels to me. And but the song, man, if I can't if I can't get it out of my head and can't stop grooving to it, I love the sound of it. I love the build of it. I love the production of it. I mean, I just I like the the backing vocals. They they've just filled things in in a way that I wasn't expecting. I think a couple of months ago the first single Run came out Yeah. and you asked you asked me what do you think of the oh, new Foo Fighters song what do you think and I said typical Foo Fighters and to be honest I'd only listened to the first I don't know 20 seconds of it and was like oh it sounds like a Foo Fighters single <laughs> I'll, buy the, I'll buy the record when it comes out but if you let the song continue to play it's more than that. It's interesting. It's different. It does have you know they, these are definitely Foo Fighters songs but so what did you think? You're usually a poo-poo fighter kind of guy it's not that you dislike <laughs> them but you don't hold them in in as high of esteem as i do so what were your thoughts uh i saw a great quote on pitchfork.com today and they called um the Foo fighters the world's most okay rock band and i thought that was like almost perfectly exemplified how i feel about them i've never disliked anything about them but they never really hit me over the head with anything amazingly either but that being said, a track like Run was is very interesting. It's got like like almost like a punk uh, aggression to it that kicks in there and like some like screaming like metal lyrics, which is 
unexpected, I guess. Um, especially considering how slow and uh, stripped down the, the song before that is. Um, but there were a couple other songs in here that which would kind of surprise me and pleasantly. Uh, songs like Dirty Water and Happy Ever After Zero Hour. I thought were both really interesting uh, lyrically. Mm-hmm. And it was something I hadn't really, aside of the Foo Fighters and Dave, I hadn't really heard before. Kind of getting maybe a little bit more political, I guess, or kind of at least dealing with um, some of the environmental issues that are cropping up in our country um so that was pretty cool and you know the production here is nice but it's it's sonically all over the place in terms of is this a rock record is this like more of like a adult pop record or is it more of a singer songwriter record you know it's it's kind of hard for me to figure out what they're trying to be at this stage of their career? Well, originally the idea was to build a studio in the Hollywood Bowl or something and record an album live with a bunch of people there. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm glad they didn't. So instead they got this Greg Kirsten guy to produce it, and he's worked with Adele and Lily Allen and Tegan and Sarah and Kelly Clarkson and Beck and Pink and The Shins. So he's, and I think he was in his own band. I, I saw something about... Oh, what was the name of the band? Like the 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 bee in the bonnet or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I did see that too. Uh, was like the bird in the bee, the bird yes. in the bee. And I I saw an interview with Dave Grohl where he said that he was listening to the bird in the bee on the radio or something in his car when he was in Hawaii or something, and he really liked the sound of it and the Beach Boys influences and the like uh, classic rock and pop sort of influences in it, and then happened to run into this guy who was in that band, who was the producer, Greg uh, Kirsten, got to talking, and then a couple of years later, he asked him to produce their record. So it definitely has a more classic rock sound to it, a little less 90s alt-rock Foo Fighters. I just thought it had some personality to it. They have a lot of guest artists on here. Paul McCartney plays drums on a very beatle song. <laughs> it's funny he does. I mean, because their guests are like kind of in the background. Yeah, you could you read about I mean, some of those. I did. I saw some of the people that they had in the mix there, and like, there's no way you would ever be able to tell that <laughs> that was Paul McCartney or anybody else on this record. Like, what's the point of that? I don't understand. I, I mean, I guess it's fun, and you get these people in the studio, and they help make the record, and you don't. You know, collaborations are fun, and one of the pitfalls I've always found of collaboration stuff on uh, you know albums that have a bunch of tracks featuring other artists that the, the other artist takes over mm, and right. no case you know just justin timberlake just does some background vocals on this a guy from boys to men just does layered harmonies on the title track uh, the final song concrete uh concrete and gold golden gold. concrete concrete, concrete and gold. is gold <laughs> yeah that, that's and, for sure like they definitely keep to the free fighter sound 100 percent it didn't disappoint me in that it didn't. It sounded like they were trying to do something so off of who they are. But I mean, and I just started listening to this a, about a week ago. I've listened to it fifteen times, and I enjoy every second of it. I really, really like it, and I didn't expect to. I, I don't know what it is about it. I can't put my finger on it yet. Maybe I need fifteen more listens. But it didn't bore me. And I have had a hard time getting through their records, except for Wasting Light and Color in the Shape and the, the the first album, too. But a lot of those other ones in the middle have really great singles, but not compelling album tracks. And So you like you like Average, every song, huh? Okay, 
Cool, man. Well, yep. you know, I probably like it more than I do most of their records. So I definitely put in the top half of my Foo Fighters list for sure. Well, the time will tell. We'll see if this makes my top 10 or whatever for the year. But I really, really liked it and I didn't expect to. So I'm going to jump in. I'm going to play a little Arrows, which I think is one of the standout tracks. It's another rocker. There are there are a handful of uh, ballady type things as well. But I like this one quite a bit. This has the potential to be one of the the radio hits from this record, I believe. Mm -hmm. No, I could definitely. What do you think of this song? I could definitely hear it on the radio for sure. You know, it's it's Foo Fighters, man. It's definitely Foo Fighters. Hey, man, Dave Grohl is like the coolest dude in rock and roll, and that's part of I think why it's you want to like any everybody that likes rock wants to like Foo Fighters. Yeah, because he he's like a ambassador of rock and roll where he believes in the tenets of creativity and playing real instruments and the organic side of it. And I really that means a lot to me. And, you know, he's probably about my age. So it makes sense. Yeah. You know, like that's the brother. You know, that's exactly how I feel about him, too, as an individual. But I always wonder, like, is this is this the what he's fighting for? This this music that he's making is this really? <laughs> I feel like his legacy should be a lot more than just Foo Fighters, you know? Because he's well, it is. It's it's Nirvana. It's Queens of the Stone Age. It's uh, Probot. It's I mean, he's been in so many side projects. He plays on other artists' albums, plays drums, does a whole bunch of different stuff. I mean, he's a musician's musician, and Foo Fighters is his baby that he created after Nirvana, and it was as successful and has had great longevity and a lot of people love them so yeah i'd say if if that's my legacy i'm pretty happy just because andy doesn't think my lyrics are deep enough wouldn't be enough to ruin it for me if i'm dave girl <laughs> no he's he's an awesome guy and i i'm always i'm glad to see him put on new music always no matter how it sounds what about you man all right well, i also have a rock record but from a slightly less experienced band, the name of the group is Dune. But I believe it's it's Devin. Yeah, it's written as Devin. So the <laughs> the U is written as a V, which I guess is kind of a trend in music the last decade or so. Um, they put out their first full length called Asheran. Um, I think it was end of July. They had two EPs out before it. This is on Wasted State Records. And they kind of fall into, I guess I'd say, progressive metal genre. They're from Scotland, but they also tie in lots of elements of, like, doom, prog rock, psychedelica. Uh, and there's also, like, very much a sci-fi tinge to all the lyrics and kind of the spaciness to this record. I would recommend them if you dig bands like Tool or Baroness or one of my favorite bands, Mastodon. There's a lot of sonic similarities in this music 
What was your first thought? I imagine you probably hadn't heard this record. I had not. At first, as it started, I was like, man, I'm a little jealous. He found something unknown and I'm going so mainstream. But, you know, it, it actually it, it reminded me some of Paul Bearer as well, which we spoke of earlier this year. In that same vein, I like the music quite a bit. I like some of the cleaner vocal stuff. There's a little more growling than I tend to embrace. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, on a, I've only listened to it like three times. Um, I look forward to your... You always have a lot of good, interesting facts. Look forward to your breakdown of this because that always kind of helps me on a, on a subsequent listen after we speak of putting things together that I may have missed. So, well, hit me with your best shot. <laughs> That's what we do on the show, man. So this is what this record appealed to me so much, I think, because it's a definitely an album. It's each There's like uh, eight tracks. Most of them are eight minutes plus. They all play together seamlessly. There's really not a whole lot of difference between the songs, I guess you could say. Like, there's sonically, it's fairly consistent, though there is a lot of highs and lows um, in terms of energy. So I think, uh, why don't we just jump in and play, this is probably the more upbeat song here. This is the track three, Thirst. I believe it was the first single. So there's some definite prog guitar rock sounding there, you know, very kind of rush sounding there. But then you have kind of mirrored that with some of those rougher vocals, kind of like an early Mastodon record. And they kind of do that. They jump around from all these different sounds that may sound like other bands, but they blend them seamlessly into these um, rather lengthy compositions that I think uh, come off really smoothly. I mean, uh, I don't know, does it sound pretty polished to you, or did it, was this a little bit more uh, rough around the edges? I thought it sounded pretty polished for the genre. I mean, when when the instrumentation is so tight, uh, there's no doubt that there's, I'm not saying there's overdubs, but there's no doubt that there's a lot of rehearsal and then really getting really clean takes because uh, it all fit together really nicely. Now, was this song Thirst? Is it because his throat is very dry and that's why he's... <laughs> is that why he's yelling so much? What's what's the story on the song? Yeah, so is this a concept record, though? It's not very obvious to pick out just based on the lyrics. Um, so they're big fans of Dune, like that uh, series of books, and there was also a film. I think there's a whole kind of world around that fiction and I believe one of the characters, there's like a race of people of these women who are thirsty. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, oh, I oh, saw yeah. the movie. <laughs> well, there's like no water. There's no water. They're looking for water. It's, a, it's yeah, desert. It's a sand yeah, world right. where... We don't really yeah. know that much about it. <laughs> I, think it I think it has to do with that. Stings in the movie. Yeah, Stings in the movie. As I yep. recall. He's awesome, <laughs> actually. 
So I think it ties into that story loosely. There's a lot of elements of having to do with the environment. Um, supposedly, it's about like a, an ancient race of people who are returning to their home planet, only to find that it's been like ravaged and destroyed, and they have to kind of rebuild it and kind of tie themselves back to the environment and kind of become one with this planet again. You know, it's it's their metal lyrics. They're not super flowery and descriptive because they're being screamed at you a lot of the time. So, um, But there is a concept there. The album art is particularly cool. It looks, you know, kind of like an alien planet and it's just like a lone explorer on the edge of a cliff looking out over this supernatural looking abyss, which I think paints a, a really nice picture for how this record sounds. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the album, that was the first thing that caught me when you sent me the the name of it i looked it up and i'm like nice album cover man yeah and i knew it was gonna i knew and the great part is i knew what kind of music it was gonna be i knew it was gonna i mean i felt like it was probably gonna be something in that you know doom prog world um not that this looks like mastodon's art but the the time was taken like the mastodon album covers are obviously really well thought out and that's the feeling i got when i saw this uh, and it felt like it was sci-fi uh, i love that when the artwork actually helps tell the story yeah yeah it definitely seems to be the case with this one and the song titles are kind of what you'd expect in this in this genre there's things like right of the seven mornings descent of the asheron you know things like that which sound very very sci-fi and metal for sure. But uh, let's play the last track on here, which I think is maybe my favorite song. Uh, it's called Scion, and it's a monster clocking in at nine and a half minutes. Yeah, this is one of those like journey records. It's not about a particular song or a particular solo or any one aspect of the band. It's about what they do as a whole and kind of that that trip they're taking you on, man. It's it's a pretty epic adventure. I didn't know you liked journey records so much. You're talking like escape. <laughs> any way you want it, that's the way you need it. No, different. That's on. Oh, you meant they're going on a journey. Uh, they're taking yeah, you on a journey. Oh, yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. So, would you are you gonna go back and listen to it again, or what? Did you, what were your takeaway from it? I am gonna go back and listen to it again. I was comparing it to things in my mind, like the Paul Bearer record, for instance, as I mentioned earlier, and not liking it quite as much as that. But that doesn't mean that I can't get there. I just I think I need to give myself a little more time. This might be a headphone album, rat, you know, so that you can kind of because it's easy to tune out when track by track, as you kind of mentioned, the songs are not uh, they don't all have really distinct personalities. Yeah. So I think I think I need to to focus a little bit more because I I had too many distractions and just listening on a standard stereo. Yeah, you know? you know that's exactly the experience I had too. I listened to it a few times, just kind of out in the living room space, and it kind of was over before I realized it. 
And then once I had put it on some headphones and really sat and listened to it, it was like, oh, wow, there's another couple layers going on here. This is actually pretty interesting. And here we are talking about it. So it's a pretty cool band. And uh, like I said, they're from Scotland. I think they're touring in Europe over the summer here, but maybe we'll get some dates in the U.S. for the winter. Uh, their name is Dune, and the name of the record is Asheron. Check it out. It'll be great. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> Is that your Screech McDuck? I don't know. It's just a Scottish thing. I think uh, Joey did it on Friends one time. Anywho. Yeah, and so my record was the Foo Fighters, Concrete and Gold, Gold and Concrete. Not as cool of uh, album art. A little disappointing on the album art, but that's all right. I loved it anyway, and Andy loved his, and that's what it's all about. So, folks, go listen to these records. Tell us some records that you think we should listen to. You know how you can do it? You can go to albumnerds.com. That's Album Nerds with an A, the first letter in the alphabet. Listen to our playlist. Listen to our show. Tell your friends about it. Go to the iTunes. Subscribe. Give us five stars. Tell the world why you love the Album Nerds. And in turn, you know, that's uh, what's that called? Paying it forward. Something good will happen to you as well. So, Andy, where else can they find us and find the podcast? Podcast is on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher Radio, as well as streaming live on our website, albumnerds.com. Give us a shout-out on Twitter or Symbol. And uh, next week, we're going to talk about something we haven't decided yet. I think... Uh, Oh, Maybe we could do... Uh, we haven't, have we? You want to do like some host-to-host recommendations? Make you listen to something you're going to hate, and then you can do the same? Oh, no. Okay, let's do it. That it's been a fun, while. Right? Yeah, it's been too long. Yep. <laughs> All right, so I find something for Andy. Andy finds something for me. And the point is not to torture the other one, but to find something that the other one will oh, like. Oh, right, right. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Last time, last time wasn't too bad, so we'll do it again. All right, very cool, very cool. So, Andy, I will catch you next week. All you album nerds out there, we'll catch you next week, and uh, we look forward to it. So have a good See you one. next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Love you. Woo-hoo! Oh, yeah! Yeah! Woo! <laughs> Just get so pumped up from doing these episodes. So pumped. Yo! Woo!